Welcome to the Forward Charge Weekly Podcast. This week's message from Youth Pastor Blake Bells is from the series, Rooted. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. Well, good morning. It is a lot colder, as Rachel said. It is, it is cooling down outside. I went to Indianapolis this weekend, and it was cold when we got up there and then drove home and it was cold here. I thought that it'd be a little warmer, but it's, it's, the temperature dropped a lot. But anyways, I'm so happy to see you guys here. We are in a series called Rooted, and I'm really excited about this series. And, um, you know, as you can see, even the logo for it has a tree. And when I think of roots, that's kind of, that's what my mind goes to is a tree. And there's all kinds of different trees, just like there's all kinds of different people in here. You've got apple trees, you've got pear trees, you've got walnuts, right? How many of you know like an oak, maybe like someone who's solid? You've got um, evergreens, someone who's just, just green all the time, cheery, always producing fruit, doesn't matter what's going on in their life, they've just, they're, they're cheery. And you've got, you've got some weeping willows in here, okay? Maybe, maybe nudge your neighbor if they're just a little bit too emotional sometimes. You know, we've, we've got it all. And um, I think that it's so important when we talk about, you know, trees and you talk about being rooted, you know, Jesus said in John 15, 16, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear much fruit. Okay? But when it comes to bearing fruit, we have to understand that, that our fruitfulness is directly related to our fruitfulness. I'm sorry, our fruitfulness is directly related to our rootfulness. Okay? So we have to be rooted and grounded if we want to produce fruit. Last week, Neil said that an apple tree, it doesn't produce fruit for itself, Right? It doesn't just produce fruit for itself, but it produces fruit for everyone, for everyone to come in and, and enjoy it. And that's how, our, that's how our relationship with God is. It's not just for us. The fruit that we produce isn't just for us. Salvation isn't just for us to enjoy. Okay, it's something that we're supposed to spread. We steward that as well as our money. We're supposed to steward this relationship that we have with God. And I think that that takes a lot of understanding of what we have in Christ. Today we're going to be reading in Romans 12, 1 through 2. That's what we're preaching out of. If you would, please stand. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible under your seat. I'm going to read through our main text this morning. This is Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, it says I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. You all can have a seat. So this starts with a very loaded therefore statement. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. And it's important that we know what the therefore is therefore, right? Okay, what's the therefore, therefore? And this is a loaded statement. And when I think of this, I think about an issue. Maybe some of you all have had this. Have you ever had like a, like a, like a nervous habit or something that you, do, that you don't realize you do and someone close to you says, hey, you, you know, this is something that you do that can be kind of annoying and you're like, no, I, I don't do that. And then, you know, lo and behold, you end up being with a group of people who join in and say, yes, you do that often. Um, I, have this, I have this thing that I do that, uh, you know, with... And it drives my wife crazy, but I'll, I'll be sitting down, I'll be busy doing something, maybe walking around doing something, but I'll be busy. And I'll start to think about what's going on that day, and I'll talk to Nikki about, um, Nikki's my wife, and I'll start talking about what's going on that afternoon. Let's say she has something going on that afternoon, 
and I'm thinking, what time does, you know, does church get out? And then I know that we're going to take the kids, so I'm asking her about when we're taking the kids home and, and what time they have to be in bed that night. Is Nikki going to be home for that? And then so I'll ask her, what time does the event start? And she'll just give me this puzzled look because in that moment, what I realized is the only part of that conversation that I've included her in on is the part where I said, what time does it start? Okay, and she just looks at me like, what are you, I don't even know what you're talking about. Because what I do is I have these conversations in my head, and it, it drives me crazy sometimes because I'll have a conversation with someone multiple times in my head that I literally think that I've already talked to them. Um, but she'll call me out on it and kind of make fun of me for it because she's like, really, I'm, how, long, how long of a conversation were you talking to me before you actually decided to let me be part of it? Um, so that's, that's what happens. But here, this statement we have, you know, because if you do that, you, they'll miss out on pertinent information. And I feel like if we just start with this without addressing this therefore statement found in Romans 12.1, then there's a lot of pertinent information that we are going to miss out on. So we have to address that. And so he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. I'm appealing to you, therefore, by the mercies of God. And the mercies of God that he's talking about is what he just covered in Romans, verse, Romans chapters 1 through 11. So you've got all this information about the mercies of God, the mercies and grace of God in Romans chapters 1 through 11. So for me to be able to preach on what's going on in chapter 12, there was an incredible turn or change in chapter 12 that starts on that therefore. It hinges on that therefore. So I have to address what goes on in that. And I'm going to go ahead and go through that today. I'm not going to go through all of 1 through 11, but I want to address some important scriptures that I want to give to you guys and um, so just let's just take a little walk through Romans. We're going to start in chapter 3. It says, Romans 3, 23 through 24. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, for every single one of us have sinned. Every single one of us. Okay, um, that's everybody. That's lottie dotty everybody. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, th but thank God, that's not it. Okay, that wasn't the end. There's no period there. Okay, because then it goes on to say that we are justified by His grace. Okay, and, and grace, you know, we've talked about it before. I know I've talked about it before, but we're going to continue to break it down Barney style. Grace is when, we, is when you look, Jesus looks at you, is when, when God looks at you, and he says, I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. That's God's grace. When he still wants to give us what we don't deserve, even though we have all sinned, we have all fallen short of the glory of God, he still wants to give us his grace. Romans 4, 7 through 8 goes on to say, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Who the Lord will not count his sin. Blessed is that guy. That's us. Okay, say, I'm that guy. Okay, he says, his, our sins are remembered no more. It's gone, okay? That's something to be excited about, okay? Uh, teenagers, it's like Snapchat, just disappears, okay? Pretty cool, right? All right, I feel good, like I'm trying to connect. Um, it's pretty awesome stuff. But can I, I, mean, can, can I get someone to celebrate a little bit, like you've had some coffee about how our sins are remembered no more? I mean, no more. Like, that's incredible. And this is what he's doing. And it's these statements that Paul is hinging this therefore on. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope 
in the glory of God. We have been justified by his faith. Romans 5, 8 through 9 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, he died for us. Okay, on your worst day, okay, on the day that you decide you, you don't even want to serve Jesus anymore. Maybe the day you first took the drug. Maybe the day you relapsed on a drug. Okay, maybe the day you, made, you just made some of the worst decisions of your life. Jesus looks on you with love and he says, you are worth dying for. Okay, you are worth dying for. That is something incredible. And Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, that's mercy. That's mercy right there. The wages of sin is death. And we know that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what do we all have coming to us? Death. He's talking about hell there. But then he has mercy for us. I said grace. Grace is when God looks at us and says, I'm not going to give them or I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. That's what grace is when he looks at us and says, I'm going to give them what they don't deserve, which is salvation, righteousness, relationship with God. That's what we don't deserve, but he still gives it to us. Now we're talking about mercy when that's when God looks at us and says, you know what? I'm not even going to give them what they do deserve, okay? Because what we deserve is death and hell, but instead he looks on us with love and he says, I'm going to give them my mercy. And he says, it is the free gift of God. It is the free gift of God. With Jesus Christ, we believe in him and it is the free gift. But no one in here should make the mistake of thinking, you know, because there's a major difference between free and cheap okay because that gift did not come cheap it came at a very very rough price because jesus christ came to this earth and he lived a perfect life the life that we had no ability to live and then he died in our place on the cross and he died for us and through him we have salvation he died but it didn't stop there because he was in the ground for three days he was in the tomb and then he rose again defeating death defeating satan and defeating sin and we believe in him and we have salvation that is that is the good news of Jesus Christ. That right there, that's the gospel right there. Okay, that is, that is the hope. That is what we have. That is what, what our foundation of our faith is built in. And you want to talk about roots, that is the root of the gospel right there, that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins. And that's what we have through Jesus Christ. So Romans, so we're going to keep going. Romans chapter 8 says, There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have the spirit of adoption as sons who we cry, Abba, Father. That's like saying, Daddy, God. That's like saying an intimate relationship with God. That same intimate relationship that you may desire with your children is the same relationship that God desires with you. I'm reading through these verses because Romans chapters 1 through 11, I mean, these are people's life verses for their faith. And it's all loaded, just loaded with information in chapters 1 through 11, which is what we come to in chapter 12. But we're not going to stop there because then it says, and if children, then heirs. Okay, are you kidding me? It says, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That means everything that Jesus had coming to him, when we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, that means we have it offered to us. To have a relationship with God throughout eternity. Something that we never deserved, but His mercy and grace was poured out on us. And that's beautiful. So here we are at this therefore statement. 
Just before we get to that, I want to read through. I'm going to skip Romans 8.28 and hurt some feelings. And I'm going to go to Romans 8.31. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And then Romans 8.37-39 says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And then it says, therefore, because of all this, because of all this mercy, because of everything that God has done for us, present your bodies as living sacrifices. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, and this is your spiritual act of worship. The first thing I think we should look at is living sacrifices. That's a good thing. Okay, living sacrifices. He's not asking us, you know, to, to, to give our whole lives and, to, and to, to die. What he's asking is that we present ourselves as living sacrifices. And that separates us from a lot of other religions out there where he says, you know, he's not telling us to, to kill. He's telling us to live, and he wants us to be living sacrifices. And this isn't a sacrifice for our sin. We have to understand that Jesus Christ already paid the, the price for our sin. He was the spotless lamb. He was the Passover lamb that, that his, his death on the cross defeated all sin. And when we believe in him, we receive that salvation. What this sacrifice is, it's in a response to our salvation. It's a response to our salvation. It's not for God's mercy. It's a response to his mercy. It's not for his grace. It's a response to his grace. That's what, that's what this living sacrifice is. For us to offer ourselves completely to God. And the best way to see what this looks like is to look at Jesus. What did he do? In, in Matthew 20, 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to serve, came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, what does that look like? That looks like for us to serve, it means to serve God. It means to serve his church and to serve each other. You know, just um Last weekend, I was, or that no, wasn't last weekend, it was a couple weekends ago, I was greeting out here when people were coming in, and, and a lady pulled up who's, who's very near and dear to our heart here at Forward Church. She's part of our Forward Church family, and, and she, um, someone had pointed out that there was a flat tire on her car. And they asked me about it, so I started asking some people, and ended up asking before and after church probably around 12 people to see if, if anyone had fixed a flat on their car, if anyone had a, a generator. And um, there's plenty of people that were willing to go get something, that were willing to do something about it, but I was trying to find someone at the church so that no one had to leave and go get something. But So I'm in the foyer after the service, still asking around, hey, do you happen to have a, do you happen to have a pump or anything in your car? And then as I'm saying this, I look up to see a white pickup truck backing up and then guys jumping out and look like they had an air compressor in the back of it and they were already putting air in that tire. You know, and those were two people that I hadn't spoke to. You know, and, and just seeing that, it's like that's servanthood. That's looking out for each other, okay? That's caring for other people. And it was beautiful to see that. I mean, those were people that I hadn't even spoke to. And I just thought, man, I'm, I'm rushing around trying to gather people to get this done. And I really just should have sat back and trusted that other people would take care of it. Because I, it was just beautiful to see them doing that. And that is what being a servant is. And it doesn't come natural for everyone. You know, it doesn't come natural to want to live sacrificially. It doesn't come natural to always put other people's needs before your own. It doesn't come natural to present your body as a living sacrifice to God. And you know, originally this, this message was geared more towards being rooted in serving. 
as serving as, as a root. And, and, that, and that's good, and I know where we were going with that. But the more I looked at it, it's like the truth, the truth that I see in that is that serving isn't the root of our faith. Serving each other is more of a fruit of our faith. Okay, the root of our faith is understanding this mercy and how Jesus served us and what he did for us on the cross and his mercy and his grace. And the more we understand how merciful he is to us, the more we become merciful to others. The more we understand how Jesus served, the more then are we willing to serve. So serving isn't the root. Serving is the fruit of our Christian faith. Do you see that? But it's not natural to us all the time. Okay, it doesn't always come natural, and that's okay because the fruit doesn't become, come before the root, right? Okay, the root has to get in down deep. It doesn't, always, it doesn't come before it. Romans 12, 2 goes on to say, Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And the pattern of this world is serve yourself. Okay, don't serve other people, serve yourself. The pattern of this world in Romans 1, you can see it is, is threefold. It says, the world chases created things rather than its creator. The world believes that their way is better than God's. The world fails to acknowledge God. Okay, the text says don't do that. Don't live like that. Well, how we should live is instead of worshiping things, we should worship the one that created all things. Instead of Instead of thinking our ways are better than his ways, we should look at Isaiah 55, 9 that says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We should acknowledge God in every area of our lives. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lead not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And he will orchestrate your life. He will make your path straight. You know, the second part of that, Romans 12, 2, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I love that. Okay, because it doesn't, serving doesn't come natural. Wanting to give everything you've got to God, it doesn't come natural. Okay, but then it says, be transformed. And I love the way that it's worded. It says, be transformed. Okay, it doesn't say, transform yourself. Do you notice that? It says, be transformed, almost like, God has got that taken care of for you. Okay, if you notice, it doesn't say make disciples up there when you walk out. Okay, or it says make disciples. It doesn't say fix people. Okay, it doesn't say fix people. On the wall outside, when you're coming in, it doesn't say come in and be fixed. It says worship God and make disciples. Why is that? What, did, what does that mean? It means acknowledge what God has done. Dig your roots in, into his mercy and his grace and encourage people to do the same. Okay, we're not supposed to try to fix people. Okay, we can't fix ourselves. What it takes is a transformation from the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 36, 26 or 27 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone that your flesh from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and what will it do? It will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Okay? Think about this. When we look at trying to serve, okay, if, if our goal is to say, I'm going to live this way, I'm going to try to serve, he doesn't give us a list of rules when he says to be transformed. He doesn't say, do this, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. What he says is, be transformed. 
Okay, what he wants us to do is focus on the roots here. He, that therefore statement, what goes on in Romans 1 through 11, all his mercy and grace, we focus on that and then he will do the transforming. When we receive the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does the transforming. If you look at the disciples, Jesus spent three years with the disciples and then he died on the cross and they were still a mess. Okay, until what happened? The Holy Spirit came in them and transformed them from the inside. If you think that we're going to change people without the Holy Spirit's help going in and transforming either them or us, then we're delusional. Okay, we have got to focus on the roots here. The roots of our faith is His grace and His mercy. If you're struggling with sin, we don't attack the sin problem. We attack the void, we attack the void that the sin is trying to, to replace in our life. The sin is trying to fill the void. If you fill that void with God's mercy, God's grace, understanding what God did for us, then the sin problem take care, takes care of itself. God's holy, His Holy Spirit does the work for us. And that's why it's so important, our time in worship in here. That's why it's so important. Because what do we do when we're in here worshiping? We're focusing on God's grace and God's mercy. We're singing about what He's done for us. We're singing about the incredible work of Jesus Christ. We're singing about the grace of Jesus Christ. We're singing about how He died on the cross, but then He rose victoriously. And what that does is it fixes our mind on Him. It gets our roots down deep. And a lot of people argue, well, you know, worship isn't in here. Worship is, is outside those doors. Worship is how you live your life. And I agree with that. That is that is our act of worship, how we live our lives. But it's in here when we focus on Jesus Christ and everything that he's done that we dig our roots down deep so that we're able to produce fruit outside those doors. Okay, that is why worship is so important. Now, I'm going to look at Philippians 2, 5 through 8. This is a pretty, a pretty deep scripture. It's Some scholars call it the kenosis of Christ, but... You know, it's kind of an interesting place to land your sermon, but I'm going to go over it for you guys. It says, Having this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, that word form there is morphe. Okay, it's being like the very nature of God. It's like, it's like saying God's DNA. That's exactly what it is. Being one with God. Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Jesus was equal with God. And when it says grasp, it means like to shake something violently. That's the word used there. In other words, flaunted. Jesus didn't go around just demonstrating his power for his own, for his own uh, benefit. He was there for the will of God. And he didn't go around flaunting himself. He's, there was parts where he demonstrated his power, but he didn't make people all submit to him. He was there as a servant. So he didn't just grab this and shake it violently. Instead, instead what did he do? It says he emptied himself, which is where we get the word kenosis. That came from the word kanaho, being emptied. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's what our Savior Jesus Christ did. And being in the very form of God, the very DNA of God, one with God, what does that tell us about God? Okay, he came to earth. Why did he come to earth? Obviously to die for our sins, to give us salvation, but also to let us know his character and his attributes. Through Jesus Christ, we see God's character and God's attributes, and it is to be a servant. Is he worthy of all praise and all glory? Absolutely, but the very nature of God is to be a servant. Now us being created in his image, having the Holy Spirit living inside of us, dwelling in us, Shouldn't that be our nature too? That we are servants 
for God, that we are servants for each other, serving in his church, looking out for each other, putting other people's needs before our own. That is what he has called us to do. And when we, again, this isn't something that happens naturally. I mean, look at a child. As a child grows up, the child's goal in life isn't to serve other people. A child's goal is to serve itself. That's the very nature is, is for it to serve itself. But then as we receive the Holy Spirit, and he does that work in us, and we sink deep down into the roots of Christianity and the roots of his grace and his mercy, we then begin to experience fruit in our lives. And I think that's so beautiful, the promise that he will do that work for us. And you see, Jesus started this, and the reason he was humbled himself so much and the reason he was such a servant is because he surrendered to the Father. He was surrendered to the Father. So in our lives, we should be surrendered to the Father. If we want to produce fruit, if we want to live our lives as, as if we want to have living sacrifices, if we want to be living sacrifices for God, if we want to not follow the pattern of this world, then we need to follow a pattern of surrender. Okay, a, a pattern of giving our lives to Jesus Christ. And if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know Jesus Christ, you can sit here and say, I'm not a Christian, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, then, then, I, then I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you, and it's as easy as just giving your life to Him, confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that He rose from the dead. Here in a minute, we're going to have the worship team come up, and, and we'll, have, we'll have starting point guides on each side of the stage after the service. And I'm telling you, if you, if you need Jesus in your life, Okay, and you don't know Jesus. If you see me, Pastor Neil, if you see anyone out there that you know when you want to talk about it, that's, that is worthy of interrupting any conversation to make that happen. That is the most important thing. That is why we are here. So if you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to today, then ask somebody. And if you're here and you just want to give your life to God, if you want to sink down to the roots in the glory of what he's done, we've got one more song. We're going to sing about what he has done for us, how he humbled himself on the cross, and how we want to give our lives to him and surrender. Don't miss the opportunity to dwell, to focus more on the mercy and the grace of God that we see through chapters 1 through 11 that let us rest on that therefore moment where we can say, God, I want to be a living sacrifice for you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your love and for your hope, Lord. And I just, I just pray, God, that you will continue your work in the service, Lord. The, the message is over, Lord, but your work is still to be done. And I pray, Father, that you will still minister to hearts, Lord Jesus, that you will strengthen us, that you will help us to, to be guided by your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that, that you will have your way in this place. I pray for anyone that is wanting to know you, Lord, that you will give them a boldness to receive you and to give their lives to you, Father. I pray for anyone here that's struggling with, with sin or they're feeling like they're not living well, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will help them to understand it's about focusing on you, not on their faults, not on their shortcomings, Lord Jesus, but they can just present their lives to you at this altar, Lord Jesus, and just give, give you everything that we have, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and I just pray, Father, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll minister to every heart in this room. It's in your name, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Amen. Please stand with us. You've been listening to the Forward Charge Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as Lead Pastor Neil Krauss continues in the series, Rooted. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.